your Bible, turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 3. Gospel of Luke chapter 3. While you're turning there, uh, if you've been with us, following us online or here in person, you know that in recent weeks we have seen that to do what God has called us to do, we need to get serious about, about certain things. Just a little bit of insight, I, I almost called this message series, Get Ready, and, and that's appropriate, because I have felt such a prompting of the Holy Spirit that there are some amazing challenges and opportunities ahead of us, and we really have to get ready, and we really have to get serious because God wants to use his church, his army, uh, in ways like he's never used us before. And, 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 and sometimes there's an, not always, but sometimes there's an apathy that creeps in and, or a distraction that, keep, that, that creeps in and we, we get so preoccupied by other things and we need to remember that we are about some serious business. And so we're calling this, this get serious and, and we've looked at several things. We've, we, first, we, how we must get serious about the cross, that salvation is in Jesus alone, that there's no other name. Acts chapter 4 tells us that there's no other name under heaven by which people can be saved but the name of Jesus. Folks, if somebody tells you there's another way through another religion, through another practice, through a whole bunch of doing a good things, listen, they're, they're, they're not speaking truth. There is only one way. His name is Jesus Christ. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead. We need to be very serious about the message of Christ and his crucifixion and his resurrection. We must also get serious about walking with Jesus. I mentioned a few moments ago that when we surrender our lives to Christ, that takes but a moment. Do you know that you're either saved or unsaved? You're not half saved, right? Can you imagine if you were half saved, you would spend like the, the first half of eternity in hell and the second in, in heaven? No, it doesn't work that way. You're either saved or you're not. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, in that moment, when you surrendered your life to him, you came into a relationship with him and it happened in but a millisecond. You recognized your need, you asked him to come in. Jesus became not only your savior, but your Lord. But discipleship, that is becoming like Christ, that doesn't happen in a moment, it happens in a lifetime. You begin a journey when you surrender your life to Christ. We talked about getting serious about discipleship, getting serious about walking with Jesus. We talked also, shared a couple of weeks ago about how we need to get serious about walking with other believers. That in coming to Christ, you also came into fellowship with other believers. And some of you here, or perhaps some listening, you've taken that for granted. You've thought that, you know, that's just, I go to that church, I go in, I, I, I listen, I leave, I I see people occasionally, but I'm not really a part of a body of believers. Listen, we do this better when we do it together. You are not here by accident. You're not a part of that church by accident. God has a purpose and he wants to use you. Not only speak to you, but use you in that gathering of believers, whatever that looks like or, or wherever it is. We need to get serious about walking with other believers. And we 
I shared a few weeks ago about our need, uh, how, how we need to get serious about the person of the Holy Spirit, that He, the Holy Spirit, fills us and empowers us and directs us. Folks, if you think you can get through this life and do something of eternal value on your own, you're, you're woefully mistaken. We, can't, we can only accomplish it in the power of the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit filling us, stirring us, empowering us, using us, protecting us, going before us. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. And this morning, this morning, I want to share with you about getting serious about prayer. If you're taking notes, just write that down. Getting serious about prayer. And so, you have that text there before you. In Luke chapter 3, it shows us that Jesus showed us that big things begin with prayer. Big, Jesus showed us that big things begin with prayer. Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22 read this way. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, please notice that line, and as he was praying, heaven was opened, the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Let me just add this little kind of a uh, theology note here. And that is, this is one of those occasions where you see the demonstration of the Trinity. You have Jesus being baptized, God the Father speaking from heaven, and the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, descending like a dove. And all of this was happening. There's a lot of things happening in a very short time, encapsulated in this verse. But with all that's happening here, Jesus being baptized, heaven being opened, the Spirit descending, God the Father speaking... I want you to notice that much of it happened as Jesus was praying. As Jesus was praying and in obedience to his Father, heaven was opened, God spoke, the Holy Spirit descended. There, there was something that happened because Jesus said, I am going to pray. That's Luke chapter 3. In Luke chapter 4, the very next chapter, still the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit then led Jesus into a wilderness where he prayed and fasted for 40 days. For 40 days, he spent time in prayer and in fasting. He pushed aside that essential element of food to, 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 to even focus in more on intercession and in on prayer. Out of that prayer time, out of that prayer time in the wilderness, Jesus began teaching in Luke chapter 4, verse 23. Out of that prayer time, Jesus began casting demons out of people in verse 35 of that chapter. Out of that prayer time, Jesus began healing people in verse 39. The things that Jesus was known for, his teaching, his delivering, and his healing, it began, it had a beginning in a sense. Now, it had the beginning was long before and God's planned to send his son. But there was, there was a correlation, there's a connection, there's a, a cause and effect relationship here between Jesus praying and big things beginning. 
It says, as he was praying, those things happened. When he was in the wilderness fasting and praying, that those things began. Listen to me. When you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, who surrendered our lives to him, when we get serious about time with Jesus Christ in prayer, he begins things in our hearts and our minds, things that we could never do on our own. I've mentioned before that one of the great privileges of my life is to be a pastor here, your pastor, many of you, uh, for, for many, many years. And I know some of your story, and I know that some of the greatest things that you are doing or have done began in a place of prayer, where you pushed other things aside, you spent time with God, and in that time of prayer, God birthed something in your heart. He planted something in your mind, and what you're doing now, or the things that you've done that have made an eternal difference, an eternal difference in people, began in a place of prayer. And I say this, when we get serious about prayer, spending time with God in prayer, He will begin to plant things within your heart and your mind that you could have never put there yourself. Things that are beyond your imagination, things that are beyond your abilities, Jesus desires to do, and it's going to start in prayer. It's going to start in prayer. But it won't start if we don't pray. Something else. Better decisions are made following prayer. If you're writing notes, go ahead and write. Better decisions are made following prayer. In Luke chapter 6, it says this. Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. And then it says... And he spent the entire he spent the night praying to God. Please notice that. He spent he didn't he didn't just pray, you know, now I lay me down to sleep, and that's not a bad prayer, but that's not, he spent the night. Not just before he went to bed. He spent the night in prayer. And then it says, when morning came, he called his disciples to him, and he chose 12 of them. This is the beginning of Jesus' discipleship process with those 12 persons. But in choosing his first followers, Jesus needed direction, so he prayed. Now, that's kind of a mind-blowing text to me. I mean, this is Jesus. He's the Son of God. He's the second person of the Trinity. He's on, he's on this incomparable mission from God the Father, but he wanted to get it right, so he spent the night in prayer before he chose his disciples. That tells me that better decisions. If Jesus needed to do that, how much more so do you and I need to do that? If he needed to pray before big decisions, how much more do we need to pray before our decisions? Some of you right now are making some really big decisions regarding um, relationships. Uh, and, uh, and, and you better make that a matter of prayer. You, you really have to, you have to pray that one through. I, I, I won't go into the whole story, but I, I knew that the biggest decision that I would ever make in my life was to follow Jesus Christ. I also knew following that, the second, for me, the second biggest decision I would ever make is who I would, who I would marry. And I, I, I prayed, I said, God, I, I really like this person. In fact, I love this person, but I want to know that I'm in your will. I remember, I, I hadn't planned on sharing this, Joni, but I remember I, we'd been dating for a year and a half, and, and I, I, 
uh, we were, we were going to go to her home and I was going to propose, but I just wanted to get it right. And I said, God, I just want to do your will. If I'm getting on the plane tomorrow, we're going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to ask her to marry me. If this is not your will, hit me with a car. Please hit me with a car. I pray that. I'm, if I'm crossing the street, sometimes I'm thick, God, hit me with a car. I just want to do your will. Some of you are in relationship decisions, and you're, but you've not made it a matter of prayer. I want to encourage you, make that. That's a big decision. It's, it's huge. Have you prayed about that? Some of you, are, some of you are, are making a major purchase, and you're going to spend a lot of money. Have you made that a matter of prayer? Because you, you can't just depend upon, well, I, this is reasonable. I need this. This is what I should do. Have you prayed about that? Some of you are considering job or location changes, and, 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 and it looks reasonable. It looks, uh, it, it looks very rational. It seems like the right thing, all the pieces, it all should come together. Yeah, but you better pray about that. Not just try to figure it out yourself, but you need to pray that through. You, you need to spend time. If Jesus, if Jesus spent time in prayer an entire night making, before he making a major decision about who would follow him, he'd be his closest followers, then, uh, then how much more so do you and I need to pray? Proverbs chapter 3, we're told to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding, but in all, in all of our ways, we are to submit to him and he will make our paths straight. In all of our ways, we are to acknowledge him. We're to seek him in all of our ways. Don't lean on your own understanding because quite frankly, you can't figure it all out. You don't know what's around the corner. You don't know what's over the horizon, but he does. And so you need to be sensitive to him and you need to pray it through. There's a woman of God, I've referenced her before, a woman of God named Corey Ten Boom would frequently ask people this question. She would say, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Isn't that good? You understand the dynamics of both, right? A, a spare tire is something you don't think about until you need it, and then you hope that it's aired up back in the trunk. And sometimes that's how we treat prayer. Oh, man, I'm in trouble now. Oh, God, come through. And we treat prayer, our communion with God, like a spare tire rather than a steering wheel. A steering wheel determines direction. A spare tire is only in the event of an emergency, so is, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? The Bible shows how we are also sustained when we pray. Jesus showed us that we are sustained when we pray. Luke chapter 11, I'm kind of going through Luke here. In Luke chapter 11, it says, One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, there's a lot that is implied in that statement. There's a lot that's implied there. They noticed something about Jesus. They saw how important prayer was to him to the degree that they wanted to learn how to pray like he prayed. It's out of that that Jesus began to teach on prayer and what we call the Lord's Prayer. It came out of this. But think about this for a moment. The disciples saw the crowds around Jesus. 
The, the, the disciples not only saw the crowds who came to hear his teaching and to see him work miracles and deliver people from demonic spirits, uh, but they also saw the needs on the people themselves, those demonic spirits the, the, uh, or the, the illnesses or the injuries, uh, the ignorance, the, the, the direction that they needed. They saw not only Jesus' power, but they also saw the multitudes and the needs of the multitudes. But they also saw how prayer was so essential, was so important to Jesus that he would leave behind. The Bible says withdraw. He would leave behind those crowds. He would leave behind those demands. He would, he would shut off the busyness for a time to pray. We would, we would say something like this. If Jesus were out, he would turn off his cell phone. He would close the computer. He, he would turn, turn off the radio. He would, he would ignore the calls for his attention, though they were legitimate concerns. And Jesus would go and pray. So they, they saw how prayer empowered him and encouraged him. And it sustained him. They saw this. They saw the connection between what Jesus did and the amount of time that he spent in prayer. They saw that there's this correlation, this connection, that, that if, if, he, if he prayed so much, he could do so much. And that's why the disciples said, teach us to pray. They saw how much it sustained him. Now you know, some of you know as well or better than I do, that life is very hard. And there are hard difficult seasons. Life, life, you didn't know this when you were a kid, did you? Not to the degree that you do now, but life has a way of just wearing you down. Life has a way of, of wearing us out, and there are times where you just go, I don't know how much more I can handle. You've been there or you are there. But prayer sustains us through challenging times. Prayer is one of those key things. That along with time in the Word of God. Those things sustain us through challenging times. When, I, when I'm working with a new believer and we're starting this, this process of discipleship, I said, man, there's three things that you gotta get down. You gotta spend time in God's word. You need to spend time in prayer and you need to spend time with other Christians. It's what's gonna, it's what's gonna sustain you. Prayer is one of those things, very key things. Time talking with our Father that sustains us. Listen, that new source will inform you, but it won't sustain you. That game or that hobby or that event, it may entertain you or distract you, but it won't sustain you. Time spent with Jesus in his word and time spent with Jesus in prayer, that will sustain you. Sustain means we have enough to proceed. We have enough to move forward. Prayer sustains us. So I encourage you this morning, I, 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 can't, I can't teach the totality of prayer in one message, 
But I, I, I'm, I'm encouraging, I'm imploring you this morning, you need to build into your schedule, find a place, a place away from the demands, away from the people, away from your to-do list, turn things off, get away from people, do what is necessary to say, all right, Lord, it's just you and me. Boy, I need that, I need those times. I, in the early mornings before all the stuff starts coming, it's, it's me and, and Jesus and a Bible and a cup of coffee and, and, and not that I need that, uh, my wife does, but I, I need, the, I don't, but it's there and, 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 and it's time with Jesus. We need that, it sustains us. We need to get serious about prayer. If you're taking notes, write this down. We are tempted less when we pray more. We are tempted less when we pray more. Say it again. We are tempted less when we pray more. Hours before Jesus' arrest and crucifixion, Luke chapter 22, it says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. It was a place of prayers. Went there as usual. And his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, Jesus said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. You see, Jesus knew that the hours ahead would be deeply difficult for him, but also difficult for them, right? When Jesus said, pray, it wasn't just for my sake, but it's for your sake. Pray. And he knew that prayer would make the difference in their survival. Some of you are facing enormous amounts of temptation. Now, why that is, if it's a holdover from your past, if it's something that's unconfessed, if it's something that you just keep feeding that and therefore it, you're being tempted by it, there are a lot, we could talk a lot about that. I am saying that there's a connection, again, a correlation between the amount of time that we spend in God's Word and in prayer and temptation and how we give into that. Or how it's not so strong. Jesus gave direction on this. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, he said. I find that I'm tempted less when I pray more. I pray in the Spirit. I pray in, in, my, in my spirit language or I pray in, in, in English. I, I, when I pray, uh, the temptation... The temptation for, for me, discouragement, can, has been a temptation in the past. And, and it's not so strong when I pray. There's so much we can learn from Jesus' example of prayer. But I just want to use one more this morning. You can write this down. Hearts are healed when we pray. Hearts are healed when we pray. Luke chapter 23 Verses, you perhaps recognize this, verses 33 and 34, it says this, When they came to the place called the skull, Golgotha, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And then Jesus said, and, and by the way, he's referring not to the persons being crucified beside him, but the persons who were nailing him to the cross. This is, he says of them, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. 
I would love to see this someday when we get to heaven. I want to I see this as it happened. I want to see Jesus look down at those persons who were driving those spikes into his hands, into his feet. I want to see him look over at those who had falsely accused him and condemned him to that cross. And then to hear him say, Father, forgive them. They, they don't know what they're doing. I, I want to see that powerful moment. When Jesus prayed for those who were crucifying him, I mentioned that hearts are healed when we pray. I really don't think that Jesus' heart needed to be healed. I think whatever work needed to be done was already done in his heart. I believe that Jesus prayed that for their sake and for ours. Long before that day, Jesus had said, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I want to be very careful with this next statement. Um, there has always been, there will always be persecution in varying degrees against the people of God when we're doing what God calls us to do. There, there always has been and there always will be. That being said, in our culture, in our nation, I'm not a prophet, but I do believe that we're going to face greater degrees of persecution for our faith in Christ going forward than what many of us have seen in our lifetime up to this point. The Bible, Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Pray for them. Uh, on another occasion, Jesus said, bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. I'm not exactly sure how different it would be, the mistreating from the persecution, but regardless, those are varying degrees of things. We are to pray for those who persecute. We're to pray for those who mistreat us. Jesus said those things during that three years of public ministry, but he demonstrated it on the cross when he looked down and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Why did Jesus do that? Because he knew that we are going to be wounded by someone. And if Jesus could say that about the people who were killing him, the people who were torturing him, the people that were impaling his body with spikes, how much more so do you and I need to pray for those who hurt us? You see, when we are wounded by someone, pray for them. I know that's hard. I know that's hard. It goes against our nature. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. That's our human nature. That's our fallen nature. You hurt me with a little, I'm going to hurt you with a lot. You hurt someone close to me, I'm going to hurt someone, I'm going to hurt you or someone close to you. That's, that's human nature. But Jesus said, pray for them. And he demonstrated pray for them. I'm not going to go into detail. You don't need the details, and I don't need these details from you. But I've been wounded by people, and so have you. Every one of us. 
their words, their actions, maybe their inactions, what they've done or what they failed to do. People disappoint us all the time. People hurt us by the things they say and the things that they do. There's not a person here this morning, there's not a person who's here today that is listening that, is, that, has, that has gone uninjured in this world. But I have a secret for you. Actually, it's not a secret. Jesus showed us. If you're wounded, pray for them. It's, so, it's, it's, that's not very profound. It's pretty simple. But if you're wounded, pray for them. I know this. I have been wounded deeply in, in my life. I'm 57 years old, and I, 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 I've been hurt many, many times in my life. I don't keep a list. I'm just saying I've been hurt. I'm not going into details. I've simply been hurt. But I know this. When I start praying for them and I say, Lord, bless them and give them strength this day. And, and it feels at first, it's so like, oh, you want to pray. Oh, God, may the earth open up and swallow them today. Yeah. May the plague of a thousand itches manifest it's on their body. Today. That's what you want to feel like. But when you do what Jesus did and what Jesus commanded us to do, and we say, oh, Lord, bless them. Give them wisdom. Give them favor. Bring them to you. Call them to you. Lord, break their hearts for what breaks your heart. Lord, minister to their family. That child who's a prodigal of theirs, Lord, bring that prodigal back. Lord, bless their business. When I tell you, you want to make the enemy angry? Start praying for somebody. When the enemy, I'm talking the enemy of our souls. You want to make him angry? Then you start praying. But I'll tell you what, you want to see deliverance on your part? Start praying for those who hurt you. Some of you have been carrying some hurts for a long time. You say, I can't pray for them. Yes, you can. Jesus did it. And I'll tell you, what those persons did to you isn't, isn't nearly what those persons did to Jesus. And he, by his example, he said, so hearts are healed when we pray. More our hearts than anyone else's. Thank God. I can stand here today and say, I'm not, I'm not bitter against any person for anything that they've ever done to me. Uh, do I still remember the, the injury? Of course I do. I will until get a new mind and a new body. But I know this, that my heart has been healed as I pray. Pray for them. We need to get serious about prayer, folks. Again, as I shared a few minutes ago, well, there's, there's, just, there's, there's no way that I can, I can cover the totality of the of the importance of prayer in one message. It could be a mini-series of messages, but I want to stir you this morning. I, 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 I've been praying that the Holy Spirit will, 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 will bring you to your knees like you've never been before. That, 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 that you, will, you will be so serious about prayer that, that you understand that big things begin with prayer. I'm praying that God will plant some things in your heart and it's going to happen when you push everything else aside and spend time with Him. We need to get serious about prayer because better decisions are made following prayer. Some of you are facing some really big stuff and, and already the Holy Spirit has convicted you because you've not prayed about it. You've already thought, that's what I'm going to do because it makes sense, but you've not prayed about it. Listen, it, it, that may be what you're going to do, but you, you better seek him first and stop, and, and, and stop treating him just as a, a prayer, as a spare tire, but as a steering wheel. Uh, we are sustained when we pray. 
Some of you are weary. You're, you, I, I don't know. No one has told me this, but I, I, I sense it that people are so weary. They're just so, they're tired of all the nonsense that's happening. They're tired of all the, all the, 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 the fear that's just raging our land. And, and, and you're just wondering, how can I go on? You need to pray so that you are sustained. Hear me. Some of you are, it's just, it's, you need to do this. To keep going, keep doing what God's called you to do, you need to pray. We are tempted less when we pray more. Some of you are just, you're, you're giving in to temptation. I mean, temptation's gonna be our, that's a part of life, but you don't need to give in to it. We, we are tempted less when we pray more. And our hearts are healed when we pray. Some of you have been wounded, and, and today I have, I have given you a tool, actually, I'm just repeating what Jesus already did. Uh, he, he gave us this tool so that we pray for those. And in praying for them, not only can relationships perhaps be healed, that's going to be up to them as well. But more than anything, your heart is going to be healed. Some of you have been carrying bitterness towards someone or something for a long time. You need to start praying for them. And I promise you, I promise you from God's word, God's going to do a good work in your heart. But, but uh, hearts are healed when we pray. So this morning, we're, we're about to close, and, and um, as always, these altars are going to, we, we've got some music prepared, and, uh, and that's going to be playing, and you can, you, can, you, can, you can come to these altars, and you can spend some time in prayer, but, but I, I don't want you just to say, oh, okay, I came and I prayed, and so therefore check the box, because prayer is, is not a, a one-time thing, it's a, it's a daily thing. You have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That relationship is going to grow as you communicate. One more quick story. I had uh, the college that I attended. Um, I had a, a friend who who uh, was uh, was and still is profoundly blind. Sees nothing. And uh, she and I were Facebook friends now. But we've been friends for close to 40 years. And, and uh, I have a deep relationship with her. She's a dear friend, lives in Minnesota, uh, involved in ministry there. I had a relationship with her, though she could not describe my face. Um, but we had a relationship, a friendship, because uh, we talked. We talked a lot. We talked about so much. I, 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 she can't see me. I can see her, but I, I don't know the, the totality of her, of her physical challenge. But because we talk, we have a relationship. Uh, you, you, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ when you surrender your life to him. But if you want to grow in that relationship, you need to talk with Jesus. You need to have a time where he talks to you. You probably won't hear an audible voice. If, if you do, that's great. I never have. But I know what it's like to spend time with Jesus and to hear very clearly in my spirit the direction that he gives. I know what it's like to drive down a road and, and hear him say, I want you to do this. Times of prayer where I have a full set of things to do for that day and the Holy Spirit in a time of prayer says, no, today I want you to go and do this. And, and, and my life has changed and so is theirs. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Glory to God.
You want that relationship to grow? Talk with him. Spend time in prayer. I'd like you to stand with me, please. Uh, Lana is playing that song, and Lana, I, I, I want to, and I can lead it, um, but we started, or one of the songs that we sang was I Surrender All. It's very simple. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to you, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. It's very simple. Um, in, in, as we close, can we, can we sing that? Let's sing it together and surrender this part again. Say, Lord, I, I give it to you and I, I want to be a, a, a man, a woman of prayer. I don't want to just read about men and women of prayer. I, I, just wanna, I don't want to just hear about those spiritual heroes. I, I want to be one. Um, uh, and, and God desires that as well. Let's sing this together and then I'm going to close in prayer. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to you, my blessed Savior. All to you, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Surrender that to him. Let's sing it again. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to you, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Lord, I'm going to need to essentially pray that again tomorrow. I need to tomorrow die to self again and surrender my life to you again. I'm, I'm saved and, and, and I thank you. I'm not going to get saved all over again. I have a relationship. I just, tomorrow morning, I'm going to have to say, push everything aside and say, I'm going to surrender this day to you. I'm going to start with prayer. So Lord, as my brothers and sisters, even if beginning just, just a few minutes in prayer. Lord, may, may that time, may you make that time so special that they want more, that they will long for more, that that relationship with you becomes the most important, precious relationship in their lives, that that time with you becomes the most guarded and precious time of their day before all of the distractions come, before all of the uh, obligations come, before all of the the responsibilities face them. May that time be so precious that it, 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 is, it is the most guarded part of their day. Thank you, Lord. This is my prayer. So, Lord, it's going to begin. It's going to begin today, and it's going to, it's going to continue tomorrow. So I pray, Lord, that we would be very serious in, in, in what you're, we're going into, um, the challenges that are ahead. Some we know about, most we don't. The victories that are ahead, they're going to happen, Lord, because you birth things in our hearts in prayer. So I commit my brothers and my sisters to you. I thank you for their lives. I thank you for eternal life. Help us, Lord, to do your work and your will. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe it, say amen. Amen. God bless you. Go in the presence and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as always, these altars are open if you want to spend some more time 
with the Father. God bless you.